I want to just continue for a few minutes, though, just to just wash you in God's word. I want to continue our series on free at last. Uh, so say that with me. I am free at last. You know, I'm going to take a few of our theme scriptures, and I'm going to read them to you, and then we're going to get right back into worshiping here in just a few moments. In John chapter 8, verse 32, how many know that it's the knowledge of the truth, though, that sets us free? Jesus said it best. It's the knowledge of that truth that sets us free. Hosea 4, 6 reminds us that my people perish because of what? Lack of knowledge. So how many know that there's a lot of good-hearted Christians that go to church every single Sunday? They love Jesus, but they're in bondage still. Because if you don't know what you've been set free, the enemy will keep that wool covering your eyes so you don't know the truth because it's the knowledge of the truth that sets you free. So it's that knowledge that we're going to gain tonight in the next few moments. And the reason the Lord had imparted to me when we started doing night of worship, we just did all night of worship, uh, which was awesome. But then the Lord said, I need you to teach my word uh, for at least 10 minutes so that my people can be washed in my word, but also it's the word that changes them from the inside out. So John chapter 8, 36, would you read this out loud with me? John chapter 8, verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. How many of you know that the Son of God has set you free tonight? Amen. And it's not just for your salvation. He has set you free in every area of your life, spirit, soul, and body. I love this. It says, so if the Son sets you free, you are free through and through. That's a message translation. The Amplified says this, so if the Son makes you free, then you are unquestionably free. Don't you love that? So say that one more time with me. I am, I am free. free. You know, last Sunday, we started this series on free at last, and uh, one of the definitions of freedom that I gave you is a state of being exempt from the control of another. But did you know that oftentimes people do define our freedom in the absence of something? But can I give you a biblical perspective and definition of freedom? It's not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. That's where your freedom is. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. There's freedom. So it's the presence of God that brings us our freedom. You know, I, the Lord had talked to me some time ago about becoming more aware of his presence. Taking time to become more aware of his presence. And there are certain things that we can do, and I want to talk about that for just a few minutes tonight that what are some of the things that will help us to become more aware of the presence of God? You know, I remember a number of years ago, Amy and I were up at a church that we had never been to. We were visiting the church. There was a, a pastor that was speaking that night that was friends of ours. And, and so we went to the church, and at the very beginning of the service, they opened up to the missionaries that were a part of that church, and they said, would you please come forward? They were home for the weekend, and they said, we want to take some time and pray over you. And so they had all of us as a congregation stretch out our hands and just release our faith, praying for these individuals. And when we did, after the service, there was a uh, person that came up to me and asked me this question. He said, can I ask you where you're from? And I said, well, we're from, you know, such and such location, and we're just here visiting. He said, what do you do? And so anyway, I told him I was going to school to become a pastor. And he said, listen, when you were stretching out your hands, there was literally a bright light coming through your hands when you're stretching out your hands towards those missionaries. And he said, I want to encourage you to lay hands on people on an often regular basis. Well, a few weeks ago, the Lord reminded me of that. Again, he said, make sure you remember to lay hands on people because I want to release my power. Now, we as believers are carriers of the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
Think of it like this. There's a sound system that's all connected right now to a power strip. But if that power strip is not plugged into the wall, guess what? We wouldn't have any of the sound, audio, technology, visual, none of it would be lit up, right? So in the same way, that's what happens is when we connect in our relationship with Christ, we light up. We become the salt and light. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. He prays for our understanding to be open so we would come to comprehend the power of Christ that's working within us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is abiding in us as we accept Christ into our lives. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it reminds us of that power. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power working in us. So that power is in us. Most people are not aware of it. And that's why the Apostle Paul prayed that he would come to comprehend the resurrection power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. That's pretty amazing when you think about that, isn't it? The same power that raised Jesus, that raised Lazarus, that raised the little girl, that healed all the people of their sicknesses and deafness and blindness, all of that same power is now abiding within you. Amen? You know, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you became a brand new believer in Christ when you accepted Christ into your life. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let me explain it this way. So I have a friend that's uh, an elderly friend that's in his 70s, uh, and he's had an issue with diabetes most of his life. So when I met him not that many years ago, he had told me that he had some issues there with diabetes. Well, that diabetes kind of got greedy and took uh, his foot recently. So they had to am uh, amputate his foot recently. So uh, when I was down there at the hospital visiting with him, I said, so are you experiencing the phantom uh, limb syndrome? Anybody heard about that before? Phantom limb syndrome. So what that does is your brain tells you that that body part's still there, even though it's not. So I asked him, I said, are you experiencing that? And he said, yeah, my brain is absolutely telling me my toes are there, my foot is there. And I said, well, have, you, have they instructed you on what to do and how to handle it? If, it? if you feel like you got an ache, do they tell you to take Tylenol? If it itches, do you take Benadryl? I mean, what do you do? What do they recommend? And, and he said, well, I know that's a good question. I better ask him that question. And uh, so anyway, long story short, uh, this is what they do in hospitals now today is they stimulate the brain to not focus on what's not there, but what's new there. So they basically rub the body part that's new so the brain registers and it kind of starts to realize that it doesn't focus on what it's not there, but it focuses on what is there now. In the same way, that's what the Bible does for us. That we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. That means in order for us, for our minds to tell us that you are a new creation, we've got to stimulate the brain with the word of God. That's why Romans chapter 12 verse 2 reminds us that don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewing of our mind. Amen? So the more we take time to remind ourselves, Philippians 4.13, for example, that I can do all things through Christ, and the Amplified says, in, who infuses strength into me. So when we take time and we sit there and meditate, putting the Word of God in our mind, what happens is it eventually gets down into our heart if we sit there and think about it. And when we meditate, you can place an emphasis on every word. I can, 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 can do all things through Christ, Christ, Christ. And Christ is not Jesus' last name. Can I hear an amen? amen? 
Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. So that anointed one and the anointing is living and abiding inside of you. And when you meditate that Christ, Christ, the anointed one and his anointing is abiding on the inside of me and he's infusing strength into me, the more you think about it, then all of a sudden you can start to believe what God has said about you. Amen? So 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 uh, says, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Again, there's different ways that we can become cultivating, or you can say cultivate an awareness of God's presence. And one of the ways that God reveals to us to do this is through taking time to get into his word. Renewing our minds helps us become more aware of his presence. Uh, some of the greatest evangelists that have done signs, wonders, and miracles, raised many people from the dead. This is the one thing, Scripture, that they have across the board. They said they meditated 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, on a regular, consistent, daily basis. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. The enemy doesn't want you to know that God exists. But if he can't convince you that God doesn't exist, then what does he do? He tries to convince you that he doesn't care. Well, that's where we've got to arm ourselves with the full armor of God, and we've got to put the scriptures on the inside of us that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If God is for me, then who can be against me? Amen? So Jesus didn't die just for what you've done. He died for who you are. He wants you to fulfill your God-given purpose. But here's a key. I wish I had more time tonight to talk to you, but the one key in all of this is becoming more aware of the presence of God is by abiding in God's word on a regular basis. John chapter 8, verse 31. Let's see what Jesus says through verse 32. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The King James Version says, if you continue in my word, if you continue to abide in my word, this is when the knowledge will get inside of us, and it's that knowledge of his truth that sets us free. That word disciple comes from the word discipline. So our part is actually fairly easy. Let the word do the work. Amen? What do I mean by that? Take time to meditate God's word day and night, as Joshua 1.8 says. And there is freedom in the knowledge of the truth. And the more you're meditating that, it will get on the inside of you. And as a man or woman thinks in his heart, so is he or she. Now, Christ is living in you when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. I'll wrap up with this quick little story. There's a man that's gone home to be with the Lord a number of years ago, though this man was known as one of the greatest soul winners, one of the greatest evangelists in our times, that uh, many miracle signs and wonders took place during his massive crusades of sometimes over a million people at his crusades. Uh, what he said, though, one time is he needed a new, uh, his, their piano had broken down, and so they needed a new piano for their next crusade. So he went into a music store to check out the pianos in, so they could have a piano for the next crusade, which is in a certain nation. And when he walked into the uh, uh, music store, just outside the music store was the owner. And he was sitting there smoking a cigarette, looking at him. And when he walked into the store, he started looking around, this evangelist did, he started looking around at the different keyboards, and within a few seconds, the owner came dashing in, fell to his knees, and he said, I need Jesus in my life. He had never said a word, he just said hello when he walked in. And so he led him to Christ right there and then. And he, he right away, that man, after he accepted Christ, he said, when I saw your eyes, I saw Jesus in your eyes. I saw Jesus in your eyes. And so this man asked the Lord afterwards, he said, um, Lord, why did you do that? And he said to him, Reinhardt, he said, when you accepted me, 
I came inside of you and I abide in you. And sometimes I just like to peek out the windows. <laughs> How many know that God is a good God? If you haven't made the decision to surrender your life to Christ tonight, it would be a great opportunity. So let me take a moment. Let's uh, close this up right now before we head into worship here. But if you've never made the decision to receive Christ, or maybe you're at a place in your life where you just need to recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus, those that are watching online, those that are here in person, if that's you and you're here in person, I'd love to see you just slip up a hand right now. Just acknowledge, and I need to receive Christ, or I need to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. And then you can put your hands right back down. Any others who are saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want to accept Christ or recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. Today's your day of salvation, the Bible says. Okay? Anyone else? Excellent. Let's do this. Let's put a hand on our heart. Let's pray with those that are watching online, those that are here in person. Would you call on the name of the Lord with us? Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So let's call on his name together. Would you pray this out loud with me? Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence. Take my life and do something with it in Jesus' name. Amen.